We've got a short final segment to round out today's program, so what better way to brighten things up than do some obituaries? And I must say, I caught uh, that that Tom Hanks production of the 60s on PBS. I think it was PBS or Discovery Channel or somebody a few days ago, and I happened to catch 1968, which was a grim year. As I scroll to some of the worst events, the assassination of Martin Luther King, the assassination of Bobby Kennedy the de-evolution of the whole political scene into which Richard Nixon was supposedly a peace candidate. They showed a clip at one point of the Dick Cavett show. Cavett apparently had guests F. Lee Bailey and actor Robert Vaughn, but Lauren Bacall took center stage in the wake of the assassination of Robert Kennedy and asked if this country could be saved, or even more, asked if it should be saved. The other three people on the dais with her both sat there stunned because I think they were wondering the same thing. Lauren Bacall was quite a feisty character, and we need to talk about her, I think, on next week's program a little bit more than I'm going to do today. And I got to say that I, I am stunned and amazed by the outpouring of affection for Robin Williams. I knew he was a much-beloved character, but how he managed to touch so many people, well, I, I'm baffled by it. By many, many accounts, he was a pretty decent guy. More than once, while having dinner or cocktails in a Mill Valley restaurant, I would look over and in the corner sat Robin Williams with this or that date. I think in some cases his wife. I'm not saying that to be a wise ass. I I think it was his wife. But never once did it occur to me to even say one word to the man because, well, he just never, ever, ever made me laugh. Well, at least not as a stand-up. I did enjoy him in things like Good Morning Vietnam. But it certainly is a sad thing that he elected to take his own life. And I do want to note the trenchant observations of a good friend of mine is probably the most authoritative person I know on the subject of substance abuse, who opined that when Robin Williams was experiencing depression and had fallen off the wagon and had lost his sobriety in the last couple of years, He wondered openly whether some of the pharmaceuticals which we use to treat depression might not have had some role in his electing to take his own life. I think that a lot of people are concerned about these black box labels that are going on various antidepressants warning you that, you know, you can feel worse sometimes before you feel better. And well, I just wonder if he's on to something, and I think time may tell. We do want to quote our favorite blog, Mark Evanier's News from Me who noted a couple days back, um, five minutes ago I sent a bad taste email to a comedian friend whose material occasionally came out of the mouth of the now late Robin Williams. It said, well, now Robin's stealing from Freddie Prince. My friend just wrote back, Robin's probably PO'd, he's not around to steal that. Evanier notes that even this friend thought that Williams was brilliant and perfectly capable of improvising without borrowing. He was a controversial figure among other comedians, admired by many, criticized by others. 
The consensus was that he was capable of brilliant acting and brilliant comedy. Not so capable of letting anyone else on stage get a funny word in edgewise. Said Evan Yer, they're calling it an apparent suicide. I will not pretend to understand the why of that, although many others will. They'll blame chemical imbalances, drugs, career swings, general insanity, relationship problems, the works. Speaking generally, it has been my observation that when rich and famous people kill themselves, it's because they're not happy, and they don't have the rationale that poor, non-famous people have. Poor and non-famous people can always say, well, of course I'm depressed. I'm poor and non-famous. If I were rich and famous, then I'd be happy. But when you're rich and famous and respected and still miserable, what possible remedy do you have to believe that things will change? So that may or may not have been what happened to Robin Williams. I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know. But I hope you got a chance to see him perform live because that was quite an experience. Of course, we did go to the Straight Dope website to see what some people had to say about Robin Williams. And one person started out with, there's a reused joke among comics. Robin Williams was watching a comic on stage and didn't like any of his material. So he stole his watch. To which was added, according to a friend of mine in one of the major comedy clubs in L.A. in the early 90s, there was a red light backstage that only came on for two reasons. One, there was a scout slash TV exec in, so use your best material. The other was that Robin Williams was in, so don't use your best material. I don't know. We'll talk more about both characters, I think, on next week's program. Let's end on a couple items from space. We hope you caught the supermoon, the second of three that, were, that are aligning up uh, this summer. The last full moon came within a few hours of the moon's closest approach to the Earth, meaning it was big and bright, and indeed it was. But you get another crack at it here in September 9th, when there'll be what can also be described as a supermoon. So you might want to check that out. And apparently the European Space Agency was attempting to keep secret the photos it was taking of the comet 67PCG. The Rosetta spacecraft has taken 10 years to put itself into an orbit around this comet. And apparently somebody in one of the French agencies leaked the pictures of the comet and the agency got really PO'd and tried to yank them back. Of course, they're all over the web now so people can see this very strange rubber ducky looking object uh, made of uh, gravel and ice. In the months to come, the Rosetta spacecraft is going to tighten up its orbit and put a probe right down onto the surface of the comet, which will then ride it in as it gets closer to the sun and, uh, well, see what happens. There may be some explosive releases of, uh, of uh, vapor off the surface, which it's going to be in a, it's going to have a ringside seat to record. I don't know if any of you caught those photographs on the web of a possible meteor zipping past a skydiver. Planetary Report, the magazine of the Planetary Society, uh, noted that someone did an analysis of the trajectory of this object and concluded that it was possibly a meteorite whipping by, but more likely a rock that got packed into the parachute. And in an update on uh, the possible planet orbiting Alpha Centauri B, our pal Bruce Betts, Director of Science and Technology for the Planetary Society, has noted that they're studying this very carefully with telescopes. The two stars are getting closer to each other right now in their orbit, making measurements difficult. But um, the short version of the story is that they're unable to support the supposed evidence by a team in Geneva that detected 
evidence of a one Earth mass planet orbiting Alpha Centauri B. They did not find evidence to support that, but um, when the two stars pull further apart, they're going to resume observations in a couple of years. Stay tuned for that. And final item of the show, we may have to bring Richard Muller, who spoke with us a couple years back about his book, Physics for Presidents. Muller's been a proponent of the nemesis idea that an, that an unseen star, perhaps, red dwarf, perhaps, brown dwarf, perhaps, orbiting our sun, maybe loosing uh, comets every, say, 26 million years to bash the Earth and inner planets and cause mass extinctions. Analysis of the orbits of what are being called inner Oort cloud objects shows that there may be something out there. And we're wondering if a Muller is on that. And well, we'll try and put the question to him, I think, in the weeks to come. And finally, astronomers have located uh, what is apparently the fourth closest object to our solar system. It is a brown dwarf. And it's close. Well, by astronomic standards, seven light years away. The only thing closer are the triple stars of the Alpha Centauri system, a little over four light years away, Barnard star, a hair under six light years away, and another pair of brown dwarfs, known by the catchy name of Weiss J1049-5319. The new brown dwarf is being called Weiss J0855-0714. These objects, you know, scarcely qualify as stars. They're quite cool, but they're bigger than planets, and, well, there's probably one hell of a lot of them out there in deep space, and one of them may be orbiting our own sun. So we're going to have to look into that. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. See you next week at the same time.